13th floor. The 13th floor. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and I'm joined by the BFBG Faison in the building with that beautiful, bright smile. What's happening? <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? I am, uh, I'm excited to be here. I, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, man, this is, we haven't done this since uh, the very beginning, so it's kind of cool to bring it back. Yeah, man. If you haven't been listening, we're doing we throwing the one on ones in in between, you know, the regular podcast. Just giving you an opportunity to catch up with the guys, see we are where we are in our current states. Um, if you go back and listen to Faison's one on one, man, he did a whole lot of reminiscing from his college days. Very, very entertaining. Lots of growth. Lots of growth. But yes, there has been lots of growth since then, man. Um, you've had another child since yeah, this is true. Orenze and Namdi all yeah. the time. Um, you've also been getting into real estate, though. I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. How that journey has been. You know, it's 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 been eye opening because you learn a lot of things. You know, I, I avid reader. I've been reading a lot of different books. Um, from Bigger Pockets uh, books, Bigger Pockets website. I'm YouTubing, um, reading sections. Still trying to find like what I want to do with real estate because there's so much you can do. I mean, just from from flipping, which I don't want to do. That I know I do not want to do. I do not want to flip. Um, that is a, why, why not? Why not? That that's, a, that's what people get into real estate for. Like that's that's, that, that's the glitz and glamour. That's what you see on TV. That's the WWF of yeah. sports. <laughs> it, it's it's it looks pretty. HGTV makes it seem like oh, we're gonna get this house for two hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna put eight thousand dollars in the house for myself for nine hundred thousand and make. <laughs> make this massive profit. Exactly. And then they don't tell you about the taxes. They don't tell you about how long they sell in the market. Tell you about how long if the market's up or down. They don't tell you about, you know, the structure problems you may have or things that are going forward. And yeah, you see some of the episodes where they show like, you know, oh, the roof foundation is this. It's going to cost us $2,000. Yeah, that's for somebody who has done 20 houses and has somebody who worked with them side by side. But somebody who's new, that two thousand dollars gets you nothing <laughs> because you don't they don't know you, you don't know them, and they're gonna charge you because you're new in the game. Uh, so flipping, you can make a lot of money flipping, don't get me wrong, but it has to be at a um, seller's market, meaning that people inventory is super low and you have it with people are buying for it, and now you are able to go in there with a great deal and move it quickly. Mm -hmm. If you hold a house, you know, too long, you can spend two hundred dollars a day. Out of lost profit just by holding it, not including electricity and water, and then your insurance. Or I mean, it can pile up, um, which why people tend to sell houses quickly because, or they just move into it because they feel like, well, it's, it's done now. It costs us too much to keep it as a secondary house. Um, so flipping houses is an ordinary tax. You pay on that as well too. So that's the highest tax bracket you get out of all taxes is flipping houses. So forty percent off top gone. That's capital gains. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so just no, so it is pretty. And, and the last thing I'll say about flipping is that people who do flipping, you have to get ready for your next deal. You don't have, you, you're consistently looking, if you're doing it full time, you're consistently looking for the next house to flip, next house to go, because that's your income. So you will make $6,000 at the taxes, $30,000. And then you got to find the next house because you need more money to live because that's not enough for you to live on. Mm -hmm. So it's, flipping is a very, very tough business. Then you have 
the wholesaling business where you don't really buy the house, you kind of hold it and sell it to someone else, pay you to work for it. That's a whole nother industry that, that takes relationship building and, and inventory processing time and knowing the markets very well. It's a good way to get in the market. It's a very low cost way to get in, um, but you never technically own anything. You, you're, just, you're taking it and you're handing it off to someone else. Like mm-hmm. the man between you know, the sellers. Um, and then there's a buy and hold method. And there's more too, but the buy and hold method, big three, um, that I think. And that's the one where you buy it, you hold it, you rent it out, and use that as long-term passive income after you've you know, paid the mortgage down and you use equity from it. So that's the market that I'm going into, is the buy and hold. So you're going into the buy hold market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you see? Like, why, why did you pick that one? I guess I, I understand the differences between, um, you know, the flipping and everything, but why is buy hold, you know, the thing for you? Well, the, the selfish reason for me is that it's going to help me pay for my kids school. It's going to help continue to have wealth later on. So when I'm ready to retire. I have additional income coming in that I don't have to think about. It's going to be there. Now, it's not truly passive, so I have to have somebody to manage it or I'm managing it to make sure of it, but it's still in the mindset going to be a really good way of, of income coming in from businesses and from my, my rental properties um, that I have set for. So you start with one, you use that, in, that income you got, or they call it um, the exact word they use is the equity in that, in that property, and you take the equity out. It, once you got it to a certain amount, and you use that equity to your next house. So buying and holding allows you to buy more properties because you're using equity to buy. Um, you're leveraging the house to buy the next house. Um, and then you go forth from there. And you gotta find where you wanna stop. So it can, it can go on and on and you can continue doing this forever. We have a goal to say, I only wanna have 10 houses, 10 individual properties, multi-unit, single family. But at the end of the day, I only want 10 properties that I will manage and I will hold on to for forever or until something happens where I can cash out. And it sounds like you're trying to play this game pretty smart, man. It sounds like you're trying to build some generational wealth over there, man. That's, that's the goal. I, I, I want one of the houses to pay for one of their colleges. Hopefully they get scholarships and it's for them to get their, you know, their books and everything else in school. But the goal is just to have that so that they can have these things later on and pass down. I'm, I want to stop the buck where you, you have to work because you need to, and they can go and secure their want because they want to. They can be artists. They can be anything they want, and they know that they are okay to, to live life okay without having to worry about the next paycheck. Exactly, man. I think that's something that we, we want to get into a lot of times when we're on the podcast, when it comes to some financial stuff. And I guess this is the perfect opportunity for you because yeah. you, know, you always drops, you know, some like nice little <laughs> dime in there, but we never get to talk at, at length. And I think, you know, there's a wealth of experience here, a wealth of knowledge and just a willingness to share it because, you know, we, we aren't <laughs> financial advisors by mm-hmm. any means, mm-hmm. but we've lived enough, we've experienced enough that, you know, we know what it's like to have money, lose it and try to and mismanage it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just passing that on to the to the listener and the youth and that, that fair-haired youth that's coming across, you know, I think it, it's huge. So, you know, with generating that wealth, why do you feel like that is so important for you at this stage in your life? Well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm actually late to the game when it comes to, to people doing this process. And, you know, you have my 401k started and doing that. I, I did the Roth as much as I can legally from tax purposes. So that's where it is and that's maxed out. But then you think, okay, well, what's next? And, and I know my job, I love my job. I think it's great um, that I have. And, but there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna be done. 
And I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen after that? Do I want to, you know, have to work or social security won't do anything for us at our age where we won't get any money from that. We may get a couple hundred bucks maybe if it's still around, but we can't depend on that as it. So now it's like, what can I do to start this process? And it's okay. This is it. This is, this is owning land and owning property is one of the best things you can do for yourself, for your net worth and for your family, because it can be passed down through many ways um, you know, and the rich of the rich will we have we we do it for no taxes and defer tax, never ever pay tax on the house being sold because you bubble it into the proper legal procedures or you know using your CPA to move that and just stay in the family. And the wealthy, the wealthy, almost all of them have real estate somewhere. If it's not single family, it's in commercial. They own apartment buildings, sixty units or more. They own you know large you know, trip malls. And you don't really think about it, but that person is using that to funnel money to their family in a positive way, the proper way of doing it because you attack them just for that. So it's just, it's just a wealth of things that, that the real estate is a great investment. You have stocks, you have real estate, and you have your 401ks. But in the end of the day, those are the real two that make your money back. You know, 8%, 10%, some people get 40% back in their flips. This is, these are the war zones that they talk about. And I want to say war zones. But the you know the very low air income areas where there's a lot of crime, that's your low house. You can get for six thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. But you know when you sell it in thirty years, it'll still be worth ten thousand dollars because the property value in the area won't go up. But your rents would be six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks per month. So if you factor that in, by three four years the house is paid off, and now you're just getting that income from there. But you're dealing with the the tenants that may not be the best tenants in the world because you're dealing with the area you're in. So it's... it's opportunity cost, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's opportunity cost or process behind it. So, you know, that's what I, I got into because I wanted to help those communities that, 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 that's not served properly. And mm-hmm. I want to, you know, goal is like to buy one block um, or buy a couple houses then rotate that into one block and just have a block or two blocks that you can turn around and change mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Because in order to change the community, you got to change the block, one block at a time. Absolutely. The entire community. Absolutely. It's funny because uh, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and he's almost uh, a mentor of sorts. And he was talking about that same mentality where you want to help, you want to do these things in our communities and kind of reach back in our communities. But sometimes he finds that he wants it more than those in that community. So how do you plan on overcoming that challenge? I'm going to work through, well, once I get the properties going forward, like I, my goal is to, you know, if I can get a block and the, the house in the corner can turn that to some kind of community center for the kids to go to and relax and work through the kids because the parents, their minds are already set up. But if you can, if you can involve the, the uplifting of their children, then they will, they'll fold in. They'll, they'll come to a process. So you can't change the mindset of the older person. Right. They're already set. But you can, you can, a kid can make a parent do whatever they want if it's something that's for the better for them. You know, your kids can say, mommy, daddy, I want, I want to go buy this product or I want to buy this food or I need this now. And the parent will do that. Uh, they might do it for themselves. So the way to attack and to help, um, to attack by helping is to go through the children. So having community affairs, um, block parties, they're simple, like, you know, celebrations, you know, rewards for like homeworks or, or grades or anything else like you know it may be like you get some something off of rent if your kid is on the honor roll you know this it's, it's a small thing like that that you know not being greedy 
but being able to turn back around because if they believe where they live in and that they're in that house for two years, three years, four years, taking care of it and their kids can get better, and I can help them go on to buy a house somewhere else, then I've done my job and I rotate again. I bring in a new one, but then the community around them is going to say, hey, this is what you should be doing because you know, I feel homes, this is what they're about. I love what you said when you, you said giving them something to believe in, giving them an area and a, a house or a neighborhood to believe in, because I think that's the biggest, biggest hurdle or barrier sometimes when we talk about these impoverished neighborhoods. If you wake up every morning and, all, and you don't even see opportunity, it's right. like, what does that do for your mental? So for you to be able to provide that, to give them a glimpse of what that looks like and then to help it grow, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing, man. It's huge. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, it's, it's, I need to take the, take the step to move and, and go. I've been in my uh, analysis paralysis mindset of just reading and looking and seeing. Um, but I, I think I took the first step La, about two weeks ago. I went to a NACA event, um, mm-hmm. NACA, um, you know, first time home buyers, and they're going to allow you to buy a multifamily unit where you can, you, you're one of the tenants. As long as you have the loan um, mm-hmm. or mortgage, you have to live in the unit. Um, so if I was able to get a four unit, um, I can live in one right there with three and start the process. And that's just, it started at a low cost, but it starts. And, you know, they always say, oh, you can go in there for, you need a lot of money. You do need money. You get me wrong. You need a lot of money to start the process. But if you buy the right property at the right time, that property can give you the money you need. Right. You always need to have the big $50,000 deposit. You're not buying the house you're living in. You're not buying your dream home. It's 15 thousand dollars could be the, the starting price for a house for a hundred thousand dollar house you need to start with and i think that's a huge mind state that sometimes like that that we have to have you know playing the long game a little bit you know understanding that this is just the first step of many steps to come and that the dream is a little bit down the road but i'm gonna do this work right here and you know make this grow and then have exactly what i want a little bit down the road exactly I think with that, though, we want to talk a little bit about the mistakes and things that we've seen coming, coming across that. So, you know, we talked a little bit or mentioned, you know, the, our financial experiences and yes. things that we've experienced even over the last year. You know, what, what has been, I guess, your take on your financial well-being last year and how do you want to turn that into, you know, success or greater success in 2019? 18 was a year of, of zero credit card debt. Um, I did everything I could from, from 17, uh, did the plan, took the Dave Ramsey financial freedom course, did that process, learned about everything you need to learn about. And I, I've always been great at organizing and planning a credit card. I may have an amazing spreadsheet that I share with anybody who wants it that breaks down, um, you know, just their entire facts, what you're making in, what you're paying out, how much you should be sending to, to debt, to housing, to, to transportation, to everything, all there for me. So I had that platform and the goal was just, okay, how am I gonna get to zero? Um, minus through loans, because that's, that's the biggest hurdle to take care of, but um, that's there and that's not a bad debt, even though it is a debt, it's not a bad debt because the interest rate is so low, um, but I wanna get rid of it. But the credit card loans, credit card debt was number one priority. You know, some of those are 13%, 14% and I look back now, and if anyone listen to this listen to this call now, look at your credit card statement and think about it. Every dollar you spend, if you are at twenty three percent, every dollar you spend, you're giving them back twenty three cent on a dollar. Uh, for some, you probably don't even remember buying it for that that fast food that you bought that was ten dollars. 
that you're paying, you're still paying for the shoes you bought a year ago, that fast food now costs you 50 bucks because you're paying interest on it. And, and that's the way that the banks get it um, and get money from them. And that's what I had to learn. Like, no, if I'm gonna have this credit card, I have to pay it off immediately. I, I pay my credit card off every Sunday. Every Sunday before our podcast planning, I sit down and I go through all the bills. I, even the, if it's $14 on a card, it's $14 paid off every Sunday. Um, because I want them, I want 0% interest on those cards. And um, I want to maximize, I want to be the person that the credit cards are paying me to keep. So those airline miles, those benefit points, I'm actually going to get that benefit of it and not use it because they give them to you because you're paying for that regardless. You, you, somebody, somebody somewhere is paying to give you that those points because they have a balance they're keeping and they're paying a minimum on that balance and it's mm -hmm. going nowhere. Um, so that's just the lesson that I learned in 17 to 18. Um, and I'm just trying to share with everybody and just like, listen, get rid of it. Like don't, credit cards are necessary. People say cut them off, don't get rid of them. I think, and I, this is where I disagree with Dave Ramsey um, because as much as they are, they can be misused and mishandled. Right. If you have it properly, it can be a great tool for you to use. Um, but you have to manage it properly because the one slip up, the one overcharge, the one, it's, it should be thought as a debit card in your wallet that you're paying off immediately. If you don't have the money in your account to pay it off today, don't put your credit card. That's the thing though. I mean, I think with credit cards, there's just a huge amount of discipline that has to go along with mm -hmm. that, <laughs> that, that piece of plastic that, you know, you, you apply it for is just basically given to you. And I don't mm -hmm. think that a lot of us come into that uh, or, or are taught to have that discipline. And I'm sure it wasn't always like this for you where you're waking up Sunday mornings mm -hmm. like, Oh, all right, let me see what, how much damage I did this week. All right, it's all gone. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've run the, the times where it was high balances. So how did, how did you go from, you know, making the poorer financial decisions to, you know, okay, this is it. I got to transform. Now I want to make the right ones. That happened. That had happened when I was in Miami. I would probably say around 2004. Um, I had about five credit cards, um, some of them have $10,000 balances, some have $5,000 balances. And I felt like, okay, I'm gonna pay the bill at the end of the month. All right, so when the bill comes in, I see the due date, I do my automatic payment, I go log in, I set a Fed date. And I kept looking at it going, not moving. It's, I'm paying it, but I feel like I paid the 200 bucks they actually paid, but my balance is still, you know, it may go down $50. So then I thought, well, it's gotta be an easy way of doing this. And I thought, okay, so the APR gets pulled out on the fifth of the month. So if I were to make, instead of me doing the 200 bucks at the end of the month, if I did 50, 50, 50, 50, then they would only, they would only give me interest on the last remaining 50 than the other 50. So then I started rolling that forward and I thought, oh wait, I can actually, I'm still paying them interest, but I'm paying them less. So now, let me just stop and put the minimum on this one and take everything and, and call it that snowball and snowball all that over there to, to this one card now and do that. So now instead of 50, I'm putting 100, 100, 100, 100. And you start seeing those bounces move. And it's just like, that's like, you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, okay, I can get out of here. And I think in 18, I got the last card down to zero. And so literally all my credit cards are at zero. They come in every month. I pay off whatever it may be and I use it because I want to keep them active. Um, I have cars from college. I have a car that's 27 years old um, that, that's still there that I bought. And Ian will tell you is that I bought a pair of Irisons uh, mm -hmm. 
Irishman threes, and he came out for myself. For yeah, Andy, yeah, yeah. For one of my uh, another another guy named EJ. Um, we bought, I bought three pair of those, and I was like, "Am I still paying for these Irishman threes from 1998?" Um, so that makes it just makes you think back, like the mistakes I made as a kid, thinking that oh, it's just free money. It's okay, I'll pay for it in small portions. Because no, like I said, no one told us pay this off immediately. Like we aren't taught that. We're taught, oh, you got a credit card. Okay, cool. You can pay off minimum. You'll be fine. Like, pay, you can pay it in two years. It's fine. You'll take care of it. And no one says, no, 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 no. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. You, you can't. The rule I live by now, if I can't buy 10 of them, I can't buy one. Wow. You hear that, America? That's amazing right there. If you can't buy 10, then you shouldn't buy one at all. Yep. That's, that saved me a lot of big purchases. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, everyone knows I, well, I, run, I like to shop and buy things and buy you know, trinkets and toys and you see my wall at home and stuff. And it's like, if I can't, I might want it, but it's just not going to work out. But I, I have more things to do. The opportunity cost of that 200 bucks going somewhere else can go towards a real estate house or to a stock or something that makes me money. I'm tired of depending on my job to get paid. I want money to make the money I have to make me money. It may take 10 years to do it, but I want to start investing that now so that by 10 years, that money has made me some money. I'm not, I'm not slave to the, to the bill. I think that's very important, man. Cause I know it's, it's several of us out here that are like two paychecks away from an eviction yeah. notice. And it's well, crazy. Of us are the, <laughs> the and and, and there's, there's, I have a savings account now. I've been saving up there. My emergency fund, but, but early in the year, that was me. And I, I have a well-paying job, but it wasn't that. It was, oh, I'm living, I have this raise. Okay, I'm going to use this raise. And never think that, no, if I have a raise, take that money and put it somewhere else. Like, am I investing 20% myself first before I do anything else? Or am I paying my credit card 20% and then getting a scratch myself? It's just, it's just the, you have to take care of yourself first. You got to pull yourself, got to pay yourself. And that's something that we you hear it, you hear it all the time. But right. I don't think people understand what that means because yeah. you get paid, but you paying everybody else once you get paid. You paying the liquor store, you paying your rent, exactly. you paying the shoe store, you paying mm-hmm. your kids' daycare bill. You got to pay yourself first, and that's why you talk about those Roth IRAs, the four hundred one ks, even the mutual funds. Like you got to yeah. find a way to put some money away for yourself in some fashion because you don't make any money with, uh, sitting in the bank. It and- is not. You lose that money. Zero, 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 zero point two percent. It's nothing. It's nothing, man. And so if you're not putting it towards the side hustle, you got to find some way to invest it or make it work for you. Exactly. Wholeheartedly. Hey, man, so we coming up, we on 90-some-odd episodes. Yeah, right? Wow. Wow. 90-some-odd episodes. And on our way, on our road to 100, how does it feel for you, man? Yeah, it's it's crazy because I remember us first starting and you know the hard microphones, the, the hard <laughs> microphones, you know, having our agenda we want to talk about and then just totally missing it completely. <laughs> or there's an hour and a hour, 40 minute show we, we had because we wanted to get it in. Man, um, it's crazy. Yeah, right. And to see us, we we've all even um you know grown in in the, in the whole process from you know, for the geology to, to everyone doing their own thing, Carol doing his thing, to, to uh, Ian doing his thing, to Mike coming in doing his thing, to Jay Dace, like, doing amazing things now and speaking everywhere and really making it happen. And you about to get things going. And I'm, you know, getting real estate happening. And just to see the progression, you 
you can see it. I wish we could do like a fast forward of just episodes and you can see the progression of each person and how, even if we're not here, or there's movement happening in the background and, you know, websites going, it's just a lot. And, and it all started because we're here weekly and we have to make sure that we're doing what we got to do to bring information to you, one, so you can monitor it properly, but that we're making a proper steps to move forward, which is, you know, always good. It pushes us to go forward. Yeah, man, I think the biggest thing for me over that time span, and I'm probably going to do this almost every time with these one-on-ones, but uh, the growth and the development of the crew, you know, things have morphed and transformed and people have transitioned and everything. And just seeing how this thing has come together, it's nowhere near as formulaic as it was for the first (laughs) 10 or 15 episodes. Um, you know, we haven't had to deal with, you know, me dropping the mic in a very, very long time. <laughs> Those used to be hilarious. By yes. the way. Um, but ju- just that that growth and development amongst the crew and how we've everybody's kind of grown up, you know. So if you follow the podcast from episode one to 91 or 92, um, you know, you see that and you, you feel that. And I think it's just an, it's an amazing thing to have that journey, have that growth with somebody. Um, even as our listeners and our fan base grows, it's like we used to I used to like cringe when I was in a room or listening to myself. And now I'm like cringing when I see these comments or when I get these topic ideas, you know, cause it's like, oh, wow, people are really listening. You know, it's crazy. You go look at the podcast. We got five listens this week because at first it's like, wow, somebody actually tuned in. Here. Yeah. I got to say, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when that number changes and it starts growing exponentially, you get in the twenties, thirties, a hundred listens, a hundred spans a week. And it's like, wow, man, people really enjoying this. Yeah. So it's really, it's been an amazing ride, man. I'm just thankful for all you guys um, really pushing me and thankful for, especially what you bring to the table phase on, which are, uh, BFBG yeah. and you know, all, all that positivity coming yeah. from that side of the podcast. Yeah. And I can also say you can hear the speed of my voice uh, decrease over the time uh, from me starting off a mile a minute to, you know, now I'm still, I still speak fast, but those first, first couple episodes, even up to probably 20, there were some speed <laughs> there. You didn't, you, you didn't catch me. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Carter and him making up words. He, we trying to figure out we on the text message in the chat group. Like, what did he just say? Carol is the only person that understands. Carol, yes, he, he has, he's always been the one that can hear through my mumble, through anything. He's, he's always been clear for us. So him and him and Ian. Ian hears it very well too. Ian speaks art fluently. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. But I, I'm listening. This, this, this podcast has, and YouTube channel has totally transformed, you know, me. Um, I'm looking forward to doing it at some point in time, probably soon, just a, a YouTube chronicle of what's going on with me, a daily, um, or three times a week, kind of update on um, the real estate game, where I'm going, what's happening, what I've done, where I'm thinking about, what moves I made. Um, and that all came from this. This is all, you know, this channel, parlaying over to another channel and, you know, all being under that big umbrella. So it's... Um, some big moves coming. 18 is going to be 19. I'm sorry. 19 is going to be a good year. It's going to be the first time for a lot of us during that first initial big, you know, paid gigs or, you know, big spotlights or, you know, the big house. And I'm looking forward to getting that picture where I can show like the deed, like I got the first one. <laughs> moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so before we get out of here, man, this has been your corner all show, but you know, 
Yes. You cannot do the show without having Arsenal. <laughs> what you got for us this week? Man, you know what? Um, last time we talked, I, I said that you got to be grateful for what, what you're doing. So, you know, things are, you have to appreciate things. This time, um, and I think I did this a, a little while ago, but, you know, investing in people. Um, asking someone, if you ask someone how their day is going, listen. Don't cut them off. Don't run to a meeting or run around or talk to your wife or your, or your husband or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, wherever it may be. If you ask them a question, listen to their question because the best person you can be is someone who can help someone else by hearing. Um, don't say anything. Don't talk back. Don't cut them off. Even if you had the most amazing day and they had a horrible day, you know, don't cut them off and say, well, my day was great. Was, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but talk about how my day was awesome. Sometimes listening, you know, example, I have a really good friend and I hope he listens to this. We were talking and, you know, he had an issue and I let him talk it out. You know, a good therapist listens and says nothing until the very end because sometimes the issue you have or celebrations you want, you, you bring it to yourself and you bring knowledge to yourself. So at the end of the day, listen, um, be a great listener and be there for somebody because they'll be Davies might be there for you and you want them just to listen to you. Absolutely, man. That's why we have him here almost every other week on the podcast to bring that be positivity. <laughs> beacon of positivity in that light, man. We definitely appreciate you, Faison. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I'm glad to be here. I, I really do enjoy this time. And if I'm not some airplane, I'm I'm on this thing. Unless you know the boys are are or acting crazy, but I'm here. I'm I make it a purpose, and EJ knows at the podcast night. She's okay, no problem. <laughs> like so, that, that that's big, man. The support from the wife is huge, man. Like yes, yes. she listens all the time and can make yes. good feedback. Sometimes it hurts, but good that's feedback. The thing, man, that feedback be stinging sometimes. Yeah. You know, you got to put your pride to the side. It took me a while to get over that hump when we first. Started. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I got you. So, ladies and gentlemen, man, we're about to wrap this thing up. But make sure you get this uh, podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. You can catch us on Vimeo and YouTube, Faison's favorite place to watch. Yes, sir. And, uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us, all social media platforms, at 13th Floor, please. But that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. We are done here on the 13th Floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Ta-ta. The 13th Floor. The 13th floor.